The Morning Invasion brings you Shock Therapy Live featuring Pastor Nate Heitzig. Call now, 338-3700 or email us at studio at star88.fm. That's right, Nate Heitzig is here, everybody! Oh, man. Live from the Dream Style Remodeling Star 88 Studios. Nate, good to have you back. Good morning. Good guten morning. Guten morning. Yes. How are you guys? How do they uh, say good morning in Hawaiian? Good morning. Okay. You're probably right. Everything's just maliki licky maka. Ooh, I don't know oh. how to say that on the air, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Hawaii. Oh, gosh. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. Yeah, Seriously. I've never been. Oh, my gosh. How many times have you been, Nate? Don't tell me, actually. Don't tell me. <laughs> We're still friends. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. I'd have to think about it. Gosh. It's a good time. That answer already irritates me. <laughs> this is, uh, if I'm honest, I think Hawaii is a bit overrated. Really? Personally. Why? I'd way rather go to Cabo. Like oh, any really? day. I'm going to throw something no, no. at your head. Why? I'm serious. Cause yeah, Hawaii... I know you're serious, but that's because you can probably tell me since you've been to both. Well, because Hawaii is stupid. <laughs> you, you can fly to Cabo round trip for under $300. Oh, we'll take money out of the equation. <laughs> right? no, even, even money out of the equation. The food's better in Cabo because really? it's Mexican food. So all the food's actually tasty. Okay. Like all, yeah, I, I don't love the food in, in Hawaii. Yeah, you can. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've always, I was always told never to drink at the, the resorts. Water in at, the, at the resorts, you're fine. Montezuma's revenge, dude. You drink that water. No, at the resorts, you're fine. Um, but everything's cheaper in Cabo. Food's cheaper. The activities are cheaper. So, like, if you want to go do something fun, like go whale watching or fishing in Hawaii, you literally have to like chop off your arm. It costs so <laughs> much money. I, I, I would. Yeah, Whereas I Cabo, all the activities are a lot less expensive to do. Yeah. And I think I, I like the weather in Cabo better. It's more. It's warmer, and so it's night. Like you don't get. You don't have as much rain as you do like in Hawaii. More you're, bang you're gonna for your rain, buck in You're going to get rained on. Right. Yeah. I just like it. I think I think Cabo's better, and it's just for for like a. Honestly, it comes down to me for money. It costs so much money to fly to Hawaii, and then once you get there, everything's expensive because you're on an island. But Cabo, everything's cheap to get there and it's cheap to stay there. Yeah, but the cartels, dude. Dude, it's not bad. Cabo's super safe. I like Cabo. Okay. All this right. is this is my timeshare presentation. Right. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, I know you. Uh, before we get into shock therapy live, which by the way, if you have questions, you can call us. You can send them in. You can text them in. But uh, we were talking about. This Christmas yeah. tree in San Francisco. Dude, it's kind of a shock therapy live question. I guess, yeah, yeah. it is, huh? And you yeah. had some thoughts on it with satanic yeah. ornaments? Well, here's my thing. So if this were reversed, the only reason this group did this was to get in the news that the Christians wouldn't accept their ornaments. That's the only reason this happens. If it were to be reversed and we were to come to a gay couple and say, hey, I want to give you this ornament instead of a husband and wife kissing that says marriage between one man and a woman. I want to give you this ornament to put on your tree. Mm. How offensive would that be to them? And how many people would say, "How dare you do that?" Right. What You're if we, pushing what if your we, faith on What them. if we gave a little vial of pig's blood to a, a Muslim family and said, "Hey, will you put this on your, you know, when you're celebrating your Muslim religions, will you put this little vial of pig's blood on your on your table because we want to let you know we love you?" Mm. No, right. it's 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 literally a, a it's punch. Mockery. It's a, it's a punch in their face. Yeah. Um. And and even from the standpoint of saying, "Well, should we do it in love?" Well, this becomes part of the issue that that Jesus that that, that God judged people is that the the Israelites were taking idols for other gods and putting them in the temple for the spirit of inclusion and god judged them very very harshly on that because the the, the church again we got to think about christmas the idea of christmas the name of christmas this is a time to celebrate and to honor christ and so to do something opposite to me is is t it's tantamount to, to mocking and 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 
spitting in his face. And whether or not people want to say uh, Satanists, well, you know, we're just humanists. We're not really Satanists. I've read the Satanic Bible. Yeah. And it is vilely in hatred and animosity towards Christ. Right. Um, I mean, it's 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 bad. See, and that's why I just want people to be educated because it's like, okay, tongue in cheek. A lot of times people say these things like to be funny, hail Satan or whatever. And then I'm going, dude, but do you understand the weight of what you're saying? Because you may think it's funny, but the people behind the creation of this organization, uh, whatever, if it's a religious group, whatever it is, um, had some very real thoughts, beliefs, opinions that were anti-Christ. Yeah. Exactly. So, so then should our Christian ornaments be on this Christmas tree that is accepting of all these well, different Christians? Well, but here's Christian the thing. Or, uh, as much as people want to say it's yeah. accepting of all different people and religions, it's a Christmas tree. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a Christmas tree. Right. It's not, it, it would be like someone saying, well, our, it's our Kwanzaa tree that's accepting of all different religions. Well, then it's not a Kwanzaa tree. Right. It's a Christmas tree. Yeah. So it's, it's by the very nature of what it is says it's not a holiday tree it's a christmas tree right yeah um so i think i think you need to be clear when you're saying what this is and in what and what what it's in reference to mm-hmm. where it's at you know again that's why i th- what what i'm what i'm speaking to is this idea cuz it went to this place of well if someone offers you this this gift you should accept it and put it in your home like no so there i mean there's a line like it, 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 My whole thought, though, is like it's the it's that Christmas tree that's in San Francisco with all the other ornaments, in Jewish, public forum, Mormon, all the different ornaments. Yeah. Um, that's where I'm kind of like the line is drawn as far as I'm not saying take it home. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying you're going to this tree that has all these different religions on it already. Yeah, yeah. you know that we don't agree with, and so that's that's what my, my whole point. You yeah. Know? yeah. So, but again. I think we need to redefine the terms then, because even as you said, it's this Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. We can't start, we can't call it a Christmas tree if all those other ornaments are on. There's not a Christmas tree. Christmas is the the reason of Christmas is to celebrate Christ. Right. And so, you know, call it what what call it call it what you want to call it a coexist tree if, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, don't call it a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if if it's at that place, what I'd rather do is take the Christian ornaments off and not have them associated with it. Yeah. That, so that's uh, that was another question I had. So do you think and they that, just took his ornaments and went home? Yeah, <laughs> take them up. I am just take don't, them, wouldn't take them be involved home. with that tree. <laughs> yeah, it's I almost wouldn't. like saying you're accepting of all beliefs. Because what it communicates to people outside of any religion or any church is, oh, look at that! Finally, all people in religion are saying that we're all your belief is your belief, my belief yeah. is my belief, and we're all the same. So the message that it communicates is that believe in whatever you want to believe; it doesn't matter. It's right. all the same thing. It's mm. all a giant pasta monster in space. Did you hate the Book of Eli? <laughs> um, I enjoyed the movie. I loved that movie. I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm just saying uh, I should, but like present the fact that it is a, a R-rated film, but it centers on the Bible, and I know there were people that were upset because of the ending, because it, you know, I don't want to ruin it anyways. Okay. It's Just been out for like that. 20 years. Well, I mean, you know, because they, they put the religious text next to right. other religious texts, and it's like, oh, they put it on this, is like equating it all is yeah. the same. I'm like, I, I saw a different film. I saw a man of faith who was willing to do anything yeah, to for protect this it. sacred text that he so greatly believed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. So that, I mean, those were kind of my thoughts that I had when I was listening to, it. I was like, you know, right. yeah. yeah, that's good. All right. Uh, phone lines are open five zero five three three eight thirty seven hundred. If you'd like to call in it's shock therapy live. So pastor Nate's here to answer your questions. If yeah. 
you know, you're dealing with something, you're struggling with, uh, you know, a friend, a relationship, uh, you're just you're struggling in the church. That's why we do Shock Therapy Live, man. Uh, you guys, we know you struggle. We struggle, you know? Sometimes yeah. we we need wisdom. We need advice, and so that's why we do it. Heck yeah. Uh, phone lines are open. You can you can text into the show, 505-585-LIVE. That's 505-585-5483. It seems like most people actually have been emailing in, which is simply studio at star88.fm. That's studio at star88.fm. Um, here's a question that's kind of theological, but it centers on the heart of somebody, somebody kind of freaking out about something. Uh, I heard earlier about the unforgivable sin. What if I did this when I wasn't a believer? I remember one time my husband mentioning that I did. I am now a fully devoted follower of Christ. I believe he has forgiven me for all of my sins, but now, uh, hearing this has made me think, what if I'm wrong? Um, I appreciate your answer. Many thanks. Yeah, so the unforgivable sin the Bible talks about is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> now, this is very misconstrued and misrepresented in, in Christian church today. Oh, yeah. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, that's using the Lord's name in vain. Yeah, you So said if you use the Lord's name in vain, you you're going to crazy. hell, there's nothing yeah. you can do. Right. But that's a misunderstanding of what this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit means. So when, when Jesus talks about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, what he's referring to um, is is not allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work and his job. So the Holy Spirit's job within non-believers is to convict non-believers of, of sin, draw them to Christ so that they can have a relationship with Christ. The role of a, the Holy Spirit in believers' life is to continue continually reveal to them sin in their lives and continue to see a, a process of sanctification. So when we talk about salvation, uh, we've talked about this before, I think, on Shock Therapy Live. We have three different parts. We have justification, which would be giving your life to Christ, again, the Holy Spirit, convicting you of your sin, drawing you to Christ. Sanctification, which is the process where the Holy Spirit would continue to reveal sin and things in your life that need to change and you're constantly growing. And then finally, glorification. And that's when we're going to be in heaven with with God, with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus uh, together. And we're going to be there forever and eternity. The Bible speaks of it as one transaction called salvation. Um, and that's because uh, whenever God looks at the world, he looks at life, he's not looking at it linearly like we are, but he sees it all as though it's already happened because he exists outside of time and space. So when he sees someone truly get saved, he sees the beginning and the end of that faith. And so he views those people as already in this glorified state, even though they're not yet there because he exists outside of time and space. So, so that is what salvation is. It is justification, sanctification, and glorification working in beautiful unison together in a believer's life. So by that understanding that meaning, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, although it's not a ooh, boom, I did this, now I'm going to hell. Right. It's rather a lifestyle of blaspheming the Holy Spirit by not allowing him to do his work and his role within your life, which, when we understand that, really means not coming to Christ, not accepting Christ, not asking for forgiveness of your sins, and not seeing a change in your life after that. The only sin that God can't forgive you of is sin that you're unwilling to repent of. So that's the understanding of this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So I talk to believers sometimes, they say, I don't know if I've committed it. I'm like, look, you're a believer. That means you haven't committed it. Now, you still have this responsibility as a believer, as someone who's asked Christ into your life, to continue to experience sanctification, to continue to grow and continue to change, because the Bible also talks about a seed that's planted and doesn't bear forth fruit is dead. He's going to cut it down and throw it in the fire. So I think there's a lot of people who think they're saved, uh, but they're not. There's no evident, evident change in their life. So if you really are concerned of, have I 
you know, committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Look at your life and try to look for areas of change. If your life has not changed, you might be at this moment guilty of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't mean you have to continue to do that. You can change, you can experience sanctification, you can experience true growth and change in your life, and you can know that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. Oh. All right. All right, we got people calling in. Please hold if you are on the line. Yeah. Get your phone calls, 505-338-3700. It's Shock Therapy Live. A lot of people emailing <laughs> I in. I totally freaked out. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, right. Yeah, you got to take a break. All right, so get it's your questions It's been so up. long that I was like, I completely forgot our format. Studio at star fm You can text in. You can go to YouTube Live or <laughs> twitch.tv. And chime in there as well. Whoa. Just search Star 88 You guys are on FM. Twitch? Good yeah, answer. Twitch for yeah. video games. Nah, yeah. dude. Nah. We're already an affiliate, so technically we could be monetizing there over anything else. Yeah. All right, Crazy. we got to take a break. Huh. we got to take a break, guys. We'll be right back. <laughs> Shock Therapy Live. Okay, we're good now. I mean, I have sweepers. <laughs> I mean, cool. but you didn't do one, well, so I, mean, I need it for the Sorry, podcast. I didn't know that you were <laughs> incapable of doing it without one. It's incapable, you That's moron. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, thank you for holding. <laughs> See? They hung up. They hung up. Well, Call us back. That's when you're on hold through Francesca about it. She spelling. said she would hold. <laughs> she lied to us. All right, we'll call back. Uh, all right, let's jump into another question. Uh, Nate Heitzik is Nate Heitzik is here. What's your name again? <laughs> Gosh, I know, uh, guys. We've got some doozies. So, um, should I just start with the one that I was talking about? Yeah, go ahead, oh man, <laughs> I know. Let's go heavy. <clears throat> so, I recently found something out about a person that I'm sh- extremely close to. It's rather horrible, for obvious reasons. I will not reveal myself or the people. In you know what I just realized this is going to do though. Everyone's going to be like, "Is it my pastor?" <laughs> Fine, I'll tell you this. The <laughs> phone number is not in Albuquerque area. There we go. Uh, all right. That's real. Okay. No, seriously, because people are going to be like, oh, I, you know, I've had, oh, sus- I I've had suspicions. What state is it in? I've had, sus- I've had suspicions. No, seriously. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but I do have a Montana area. <laughs> oh. Yes. So. Dude, wait till I read this. Oh. I feel so oh. dumb. My bad. <laughs> <clears throat> this is serious. For obvious reasons, I won't reveal myself or the people involved. This really cl- close friend that he's extremely close to. He's a pastor of a small church and does some other side jobs working with the elderly and less fortunate doing pastoral type things. He seems like an absolutely amazing person from the outside. However, I recently found out he's been cheating on his wife. It's been going on for years with prostitutes. He's also dabbled in child pornography. His wife has been living in the shadows of all of this for over a decade because he tells her stuff like, we got to keep this a secret for our kids, for the church. What would happen? He had a horrible childhood involving molestation from family members and stuff like that, but none of this is an excuse for what he's doing, obviously. God has recently been talking to the wife and emboldening her, and so she's now telling a pastor friend about it and seeking counseling and advice on what to do. The question comes in for me that I'm just not sure what I'm supposed to do. I love this man very much. He was very influential in my faith and my life from childhood and now into my adulthood. It's so tempting for me to demonize him and shun him from my life, but I know that I need to show him grace. I'm kind of stumped as what to do. Can you please help me out? I must admit some of this was just dumping out of my brain um, to someone because it's a huge burden to hold on to right now, but the wife still wants me to keep it a secret 
until she gets everything in order. She just told me because I'm very close to the family and she felt she could confide in me and I needed to know because of how close I am to him. I am so sorry for the heavy topic. Thank you for helping me out. Wow. So what I would say is there's a right and a wrong way to do both things in this. There's a right and a wrong way to uh, to, to out him and to talk about it and to bring it up to people. And there's a right and a wrong way um, to uh, have a little bit of discretion with it. Um, the wrong way to do this would be to go to the church and start telling people in the church and start telling people, oh, you know, the pastor did this, you know, pastor did this. That's the wrong way to do it. The right way to do it would be to go to the pastor's spiritual leadership because um, the pastor of church should have a board or a board of elders, and they're responsible um, for that, that for the pastor and for the well-being of that church um, in, in a few different ways. And so what I would recommend, I think, honestly, the best course of action— would be to go to that board and to notify that board. Even with um, finding out about the child pornography? See, that's the first because thing Because that's I almost of. like, do you go to the authorities yeah, first? Yeah, that's, that's very illegal. Like, that's like privy to knowing, like, but again, well, he's a but, really good man. But he here's, murdered somebody. Here's the standpoint of it. Yeah. It's you. You got to understand what what this person knows. Yeah. They didn't find this on his computer. That's very They've true. heard from it's somebody, hearsay. oh, you know, pastor looks at yeah. uh, por child pornography, that's or at least true. he's dabbled in it in the past. That's very true. And that's um, what it's saying. It becomes very nebulous. So this is the reality. Within this moment, we have to trust the the, the elders and the board that's over this pastor. They're going to hold this pastor accountable. It needs to come out. It can't just go in the standpoint of, well, what about the church? It's actually damaging for the church for it to continue to stay hidden. Yep. Um, because as long as this, this, this pastor is not in a place of repentance, he's not in a place of change, and so he's not leading this church spiritually and biblically. Right. And so the pastor needs to be out of that church. Um, and. The way to do that, though, isn't to try to rally, you know, have have things spread through the church. The way to do that is to go to the the authority that God's put over this pastor and notify this pastor. Mm -hmm. um, if this pastor doesn't have an elder, a board of elders, if you guys are a part of a denomination, you need to call the denomination head. You need to call the um, the the regional head of the denomination. Say, hey, I've just found this out. I don't know what to do. Will you guys please, you know, help us? That that is the course uh, of action that needs a, to happen. You give a time limit to the wife of the pastor because she's saying that she's going to be ready soon and she's preparing herself. But what if she doesn't? And and that's that's the reality. A lot of times, within, it becomes an enabling activity yeah. where people say, "Well, I'm going to do it. Something I'm going to do," and they never do because it's 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 a scary thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. And it's a it's a hard thing to go through. Um. And I've seen I've seen a lot of pastors' wives go through this and their kids go through this. Uh, and it's heartbreaking. It's always sad to see. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's better for the church, for their spiritual well-being of the family long term, um, to not hide it. Because, again, just from a biblical standpoint, hiding something, no matter how long or short it is, never becomes more helpful to the situation. It only becomes more destructive yeah. to the situation. And I've seen that to be the case time and time again with friends and people that I've seen, um, that, that, that I have acquaintances and just people, when we, when we have a tendency to hide our sin, it only gets worse over time. It never yeah. gets better. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that it's something that, um, needs to be brought up again to this board of elders or to the board of the church, um, or to the denominational head. And it needs to be dealt with, uh, right away mm -hmm. and then we need to at that point once you give it to them you need to trust that they're going to follow a process and, and go through it uh correctly yeah. and i wouldn't be like once you get once you have notified them of that your responsibility to the lord and to the church has been fulfilled yeah okay remember the star chimed in uh on the live line to say that 
part of the problem with this is that it is hearsay and there's speculation. So without proper evidence, calling the authorities mm. won't do much. And so the correct course of action, like you're saying. Um, so, yeah. Gosh, man. In the, meantime, the only time it would be appropriate to go to the authorities is if you actually found something, you found evidence that like, it, like, let's say, let's say if a kid came to you and said, hey, pastor molested right. me when I was a kid. Then Absolutely. you go to the authorities immediately. Or if you found on his computer because you were watching his house or babysitting his kids or something, you found right. a bunch of child pornography in a situation like that. Then you immediately go to the authorities. Did, did the wife um, of the pastor, did she say that she found child pornography? On? It doesn't say. No, she, no, it, it says just... it says that he has in the past dabbled in it. Yeah, that's what it, that's. All, yeah. Yep. Gotcha. So, Man, I'm so sorry. That is just, I know. And to carry that burden. What too, a burden. I, to, yeah. Gosh. Hey, you're close enough. Can I just dump all this yeah, on you? Yeah, for real. But before I tell you, I need you to know you can never say anything. Gosh. That that uh. in and of itself is not biblical. Like that in and of itself is like, yeah, uh, you're now an accessory. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that's horrible. It's gonna make me think. So Next sorry. time somebody wants to talk to me I about know, something, right? I'm gonna say, hey, man, no, I'm just gonna, really struggle. Ah, something. Just run away. Don't tell me. I can't hold a secret. I'm the worst person to tell. That's going to be me. But that's a good thing, bro. That's why I tell you everything. Oh, don't do it, dude. Oh, I go okay. to Facebook with everything. You know this. I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> that's on. funny. Uh, Gosh. Okay. <clears throat> oh, do we? It's uh, Oh, we got to take Never a break, mind. guys. I was about to get into another question. Uh, we'll tease it. What do we got? The what do we got? Uh, how do you go on without a father's support? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. You can't answer this. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm just kidding. Actually, <laughs> he could probably answer it better than That's most. What I, was, I was joking. I was joking. Ish. Well, uh, I, I can't wait to talk about it, but yeah, we'll see. All right. It's, it's Shock Therapy Live. Pastor Nate Heitzik is here. So, hey, call in, guys. We love your phone calls. 505-338-3700. Uh, what's the other stuff? Go ahead, Steve. 505-585-LIVE. That's 505-585-5483. You can also email studio at star88.fm. All right. I'll be right back. Hang out. The Morning Invasion with Dex and Steve-O. Shock Therapy Live with Pastor Nate Heitzik. Good morning. Good morning. Um, We've, like, people have had, like, a lot of questions pent up. Like, we're getting a bunch poured out. Well, not all of us can run away to paradise. Yeah. Hey, blame the turkey, bro. (laughs) What? The reason reason it was two weeks in a row was because of Thanksgiving. You racist. He just said blame turkey. Blame the the turkey. Blame the turkey. Man. Okay. Okay, we let's dip right into these. Yeah, and by the way, I so heard your guys' revisionist uh, theories about Thanksgiving Revision. on the radio. Revisionist Revisionist theories? Revisionist history. Oh. The rumors about Thanksgiving. Which Stop ones? It. All of them. All of them. <laughs> I heard Dex baiting you with, where do you think this came from? And you answered truthfully, Steve-O, and mm-hmm. Dex trying to trick us. <laughs> just like the school systems taking things out of the history about. books. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not this show. Okay. We teased this before the break. Um, Big question. How do you go on without a father's support? Here's the deal. My dad is very manipulative and emotionally abusive. I'm college age and in this phase of life where I really need my dad the most. I instead find myself in the hospital due to depression he has caused me. I am broken. I am hurt. I know I have a father in heaven. He's perfect and the best father ever. But how do I forgive and move on. 
Gosh, we need on, more. No, honestly, I think that, Steve, I think you're going to be the best one to answer this because you had to go through this place yeah. where you had to forgive your father when he wasn't even there for you to forgive him. And it yeah. was a really hard thing oh, for you dude. to do still to learn hard. how to go on. Even though you knew you had a heavenly father, it still makes not having an earthly father. It doesn't make it any better. It still sucks. And since it's Shock Therapy Live and I can be blunter on this show, let me be honest, that used to piss me off. Yeah. Oh, anytime a Christian would come to me and say, but you have a father in heaven who loves you and this and that. And I'm like, shut up, person with two parents. Right. You have no idea what it is. And your little platitude, no matter how right it was, angered me. Yeah. So, like, I it sounds flippant, like, coming from this text. Like, I know I have a father in heaven, but that's that at the time when dealing with the loss of a father does not comfort because... Yeah. But let me be blunt also to this person. It's because you're so self-focused that you can't recognize the truth. Because the truth is, you do have a father. You have a father in heaven who is greater, um, who is perfect. And it was because of a lack of faith, honestly. I, I, I just didn't believe it. I didn't trust it. I didn't, uh, I didn't grasp it at the time. Because I was too caught up in myself and my hurt and my need. And let me be honest. I suffered with debilitating depression. I really did. Um, and now on the other side of it, I look back at it and I'm angry at myself because I lost so much time because I was selfish selfish and self-focused. I yeah. know you say that this is a time where you need your father the most, but for to what end? It sounds like this person has caused you nothing but pain and you, you want to... You want to succeed? What do you want to do in life? Well, like, I, I would love to actually have a conversation with this person. One, we don't even know if this person's male or female, right? Yeah. So um, if it's a female, then it's a wholly different situation than I can even speak to. Because as a man, a young man, I needed a dad and I wanted a dad. And I still, to this day, get frustrated because there's certain things like... I had to learn by YouTube. <laughs> Nobody taught me how to shave. Nobody taught me how to change a tire or how to change my oil or all these other dad things. That all now, to be fair, people... I had a dad, but I didn't get taught any of that stuff either. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was very busy in the church. And the cats in the cradle. In no, the I just seat. don't think my <laughs> I just don't think my dad's ever had to change the oil in his car. Uh, okay. <laughs> Listen, Cabo. Some of us have to change our own tires. <laughs> No, but he did teach. I, I look at your life and I look at you and and Skip like freaking riding motorcycles and going on these trips and doing dad yeah. things. And it's hard sometimes because yeah. I'm like, God, I never had those experiences. Yeah, it, it sucks. And you need to understand God's intention and God's desire for your life is that you would have had a father yeah. who raised you spiritually, who loved you, who cared for you. And the reason that's his desire is because one of the ways that God illustrates his relationship with us is through the analogy of a father. And so I just did a message this past weekend or a couple weekends ago on um, the role of dads and the role of kids. And dads are supposed to be a visible representation to their kids of Christ. Yeah. And so, so many people have this baggage in a Christian relationship because their dad sucked. Yep. Their dad wasn't there. Their dad didn't love them. Because their dad didn't that, care for them the man. way they were supposed Woo. to. And so they have all this baggage. So when people say, your heavenly father, the only analogy they have their father is bad. So they hear heavenly father, they're like, well, my earthly father was not oh, good. Yeah. So how am I supposed to have a relationship with God? Yep. And it's not fair. It's not fair that that's the case. But you need to understand there's a couple things that, so I think part of the reason why people who don't have dads have a hard time when people say, well, you have a heavenly father is because we're not telling them who their heavenly father is. And they're just thinking when they hear father, they're thinking of their earthly father. And they're like, 
yeah, that's not helpful to me. Right. Well, it's because you're taking the characteristics of man and placing them above the characteristics of God. And that's what I had to see. I was placing my father's characteristics or lack thereof because he was just gone and absent and just not there over what the Bible speaks as truth. This is the word of God. And so I was trusting this false narrative of what God the father was because of my my dad's situation over scripture telling me this is what a father is. And whether your dad is dead or whether your dad is just completely absent from your life here on earth, the pain can be the same. And so some people have dads who their entire life never praised them, never told them they did a good job, always told them they were failures. And so they spent their entire life trying to achieve, trying to do more just to get their dad to approve of them. When in reality, all they wanted to hear was their dad say, I love you yeah, or, or I care about you, or you could never do anything that could, that could cause me to stop loving you. That's what they wanted to hear. But since they never heard that, they spent their entire life trying to achieve and do these things in order to gain that. Yeah. And so we can carry that over those characteristics you just said, Steve, over to God and think that when, when people say that, you know, God, we, we need to come home, we need to come back to God, God is our father. They think, well, when I come home, is he going to be like my earthly dad? Is he going to criticize me? Mm. Is he going to punish me? Is he going to hate me? Well, you need to understand right now, no matter what place you're in in life, he loves you desperately. Mm -hmm. He cares for you regardless of what you do or what you don't do. You have his love. You have his, his approval when you are spiritually flourishing and when you are spiritually floundering. And when you come home to him, when you return to him, you're not going to be greeted with a harsh response and a, how dare you? What were you doing? You're going to be greeted like the prodigal son returning home to the father. You're going to be greeted with a coat of honor. You're going to be greeted with a seat at the table. You're going to be greeted with love and affection. And that's God's desires towards you. So I think when people say heavenly father, we need to understand the characteristics of our Heavenly Father. So here's the thing. Here's a big question because I'm looking back at this person's texts and realizing dating all the way back to September, this person is trying to text this question. In. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, back in September, they texted saying that they were diagnosed with medical depression. And the question back then was, I'm struggling with forgiving my father. I'm mad at him and I don't want to see him. How can I love someone who hurt me, especially my own father? The doctors told them that the depression was genetic and triggered from emotional abuse from the father. So fast forward to now November and looking at the same question, the end of the question is, how do I forgive and move on? Now, we've been talking at length about the true characteristics of God, and here's what I had to do, and here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to recognize that (laughs) you're not God. Mm. And right now, maybe you're dealing with debilitating depression, this medical depression that's causing you to like stay in bed and lose out on life because you're so focused on you and you're so focused on your hurts and your wounds um, by by the hand of this human being that was supposed to love and, and support you and do all of these things that this person has not done. But you need to remove them from the equation. That's right. Because the truth is you serve God. You serve a God who has forgiven you for all of your crap, all of your filth, all of your sin. So how do you forgive them? You take your eyes off of you, you put your eyes on God, and remember how much you've been forgiven for. That's right. I'm not saying it's an easy thing. This took me years. took me years to, to grasp it and recognize how much of a freaking broken dirty sinner I was and what God has pulled me from and all that God has forgiven me from past, present, future. And in light of that, 
how can I not forgive this man who wasn't there for me? Mm. How can I not forgive this man who, in my estimation, abandoned me and chose something other than his family? Because at the time, that's all I could see. And all I could see was my hurt. So how can you forgive and move on? You can look to yourself and be reminded that God loves you so greatly that he sent his son to die for you and has forgiven you of all of your sin. And so you have to. <laughs> and it sucks because you're frustrated and want your pound of flesh and you want your dad to come back and say sorry or you want your dad to like re recognize and realize that he wasn't the father that he should have been. But you may never get that this side of heaven. Like that may never happen. Yeah. And you have to get over it because if you don't, you're going to stay in bed. I'm just telling you now. You're going to stay in that hospital uh, because of this debilitating depression that has caused you so much stress and anxiety that you're bedridden. And that is selfish. Mm. Honestly, yeah. at the heart of it, it's just you looking at you. It really is. And I'm saying this from a place of love because you and this story is so much like me and my story. I was entitled because nobody had it as bad as me because everybody else had their dad running around and I just needed a father. And so screw you guys because you have no idea what it was like growing up without one and you'll never understand me. And you're basically saying that you're God, you're greater yeah. and, and you're focused on you. And so I hope you take this with love. I hope you hear it from a place of a person who for years and years dealt with this and struggled with this and wishes I could have a time machine and go back and slap myself in the face because I lost so much time because I was so focused on me. I didn't recognize what God wanted to do in my life. Yeah. Seriously. Good. That's good, man. Good stuff. Word. All right. We're almost, uh, we're almost out of time, but uh, we got a phone call. Good morning. It's Shock Therapy Live. Yes, hi. Um, I sent in the text. <laughs> oh, uh, the one we were just talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay. Female. Female. Totally. <laughs> did you hear any of it? <laughs> yeah, I did. And I, it was, um, <laughs> yeah, thank you for saying all that. I think you're probably the first person to point any of that out to me, awesome. even like as I've been through counseling and stuff. Um, yeah, so it, 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 <laughs> that was good. Thanks. <laughs> well, awesome. I just, I want you to know that it's coming from a place of, knowledge. I, I lived through this and I have a little brother and a little sister who also in different ways, man, lashed out and, and did their own thing because we were all so wounded. My dad died when I was six years old and it was, it was because of this stupid choice that he made at the time. And I resented and hated him for so long because how could he abandon me? Right. And, and my whole life, it was this thing of needing him there and he was never there. He didn't get to see my marriage. He didn't get to see, uh, my children. He never got to experience all these things. And something as stupid as going and seeing a new star Wars movie pained me because mm -hmm. it, that was, we, we went and saw the original star Wars movies together and I was angry at him during these movies going, you never got to experience a new star Wars because you were so stupid and so selfish. Mm -hmm. And, Man, you got to recognize that that's just this anger and this bitterness and this hatred. All it's going to do is going to consume you because it sounds like your dad walked away, kind of a tool, didn't really care for you, didn't offer support, which also means he's probably not in bed, like tossing and turning, wishing. I mean, maybe he is. Who knows? But it could be that he's not. 
and he's just kind of whatever, and he's selfish, obviously, and doing his own thing. And so the only person that's like losing life right now is you, because you yeah. are choosing to cling to this and harbor this bitterness and this anger because you rightly so feel like you lost out. And you did, but man, you've got to let it go. Like you have to let it go or it will consume you. It really will. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, and it has been like a, a hot minute since uh, <laughs> I sent in that text, like back in September. <laughs> right. So yeah, this like learning about how God is here for me has been the like biggest relief of my life. <laughs> and so it's kind of interesting. I wouldn't trade um, my dad. I wouldn't trade God for my dad. Like yeah. I prefer God <laughs> yeah. at this point. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's good. No, it's really good. Thank you so much for yeah, texting thank in. thank you. Thank you for Dude, calling in, seriously, too. praying for you, and I promise you got this. You really do, because you serve this this incredible Father in Heaven who truly does love you and has equipped you with all of the necessary tools to forgive, to move on, to grow, and to do great things because you were handcrafted by Him and created with such an amazing purpose. And so, I would just give you a little bit of um, even just future advice for you, because the tendency that I've found, especially for girls who grew up with dads, um, is you're looking for this male figure in your life. Yep. And so you're going to have a tendency because of that to naturally try to find this love and acceptance from men even more so because you didn't have it from your dad. And so your natural tendency going forward will probably be um, what a lot of unfortunately young ladies deal with is I need, therefore I love. So I need this man in my life. I need to have some male affirmation in my life. So I need this. So therefore I love and therefore I'm willing to give away things um, that weren't meant for this person. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find this belonging. I'm trying to find this acceptance from man, not from God. And so I would just tell you to guard your heart because it's going to be a struggle for you. It's going to be a tendency for you all the way through life to try to seek in men something that your dad never gave you. And what I would challenge you to do is don't seek from men what your dad never gave you. Seek from God what your dad never gave you because God's going to give it to you in spades and he's going to give it to you deep down in your heart and he'll give you something, um, a love and acceptance uh, that that no man, your dad or anyone else could ever give you. Yeah. Mm. Dude, thank you for calling in too. That was really huge that you, that you were listening and decided to call in. And, and have a conversation with us. So, I, man, yeah. I hope that yeah. helped. Seriously. Totally. Yes. Thank you so much. It did help. Good. All right. All right. We'll God see you bless later. you. Bye bye. Oh, see, Nate Cabo, you jerk. Cabo. There were huh? people that just needed you, and you were just. Yeah. I wasn't in Cabo. I wasn't in Cabo. I, I wish I would have been in Cabo. <laughs> he was in uh, Hawaii. <laughs> Just kidding. Dude, this is fantastic. All right, let's keep going. Got more minutes, guys. Let's I know, it. right? I'm like, um, what are your thoughts on people who believe they should read only the King James Version of the Bible? Someone in my family feels this way since moving away and now has moved back. He no longer wants to attend the church we have gone to for 10 years uh, because they don't use the King James Version. King yeah. Wrong. It's weird. <laughs> it's the Bible. Stupid. The Bible wasn't written in Old English. It was written in Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> right. If you really want to play this card, if I want to read the original version, go learn Greek and Hebrew and read yeah. it in those languages. Otherwise, shut up yeah. and just accept that. It's, it's so the, yeah. crazy. Especially, it's the King James Version. Go back and look at like why King James wanted it. Never. Okay. Anyway. Next. There's so many. Yeah. yeah it's so dumb. Next. It's a translation. The goal. The goal of the King James Bible was to get people who couldn't, because up until then the Bible was only written in Latin. Right. No one could understand the Bible. Yeah. The goal of the King James Bible was to put it in a way that the common person could read it and could understand it. So 
if we take the the premise of that, that's what the newer translations are as well. No one understands Old English anymore. So the reason there's a new King James or an NIV or an NLT is to put the Bible in a way that the common person can understand it and apply it to their lives. That's the purpose. Yeah. Okay. Gosh. Um, okay. Real quick. Is it wrong that I don't care to talk to my biological father? I hold no grudge against him, but I just don't care to get to know him. He's a stranger to me. So I think of him... As anyone else I've never yeah. known. No, it's not wrong. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because people, there were people chiming in on YouTube because they, they sent it in on YouTube and people were saying yes or no or, well, but you need to forgive or this and that. But You can forgive without any desire to talk to him. It doesn't sound like you're holding a grudge against him yeah, or that you hate so him. You're then, just kind of like, I don't want to talk to him. So then maybe I, you don't even need to yeah. forgive him for anything because it's just a stranger. Like yeah. that's t it, entirely possible. Yeah, no, dude, totally cool. Next. Okay, wow. All right. Um. <clears throat> My husband and I recently were married, and I'm having a very hard time being satisfied in the bedroom. Next! I, okay. I feel broken in that area. Like my body isn't working or responding how it should. What sort of advice do you give newlyweds to help get through the early bumps in the road in the bedroom? So she says she isn't Yeah, my husband pleasure? and I recently were married, and she's having a hard time being satisfied. Yeah. I think you need to have an honest conversation about it. Yeah. I think that people who have never had sex, rightfully so don't understand quite how it works. They don't yeah. understand how an orgasm works. And, you know, guys can get this mentality. It's like, well, it feels good for me no matter how we do it. So I don't <laughs> right. know why it doesn't feel good to you. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, there's a misunderstanding there. Yeah. So I think you need to do, it sounds really funny, but you need to do a little bit of biological anatomical research and understand your body. Gosh, I think communication, I think, <laughs> I think communication, I think communication in the bed is huge. I think your husband's going to be stoked. <laughs> I think when things don't feel good, I think when things don't feel good, you need to communicate that. And I think when things do feel good, you need to communicate that. Yeah. And I know that's hard. I know it's awkward when you're trying to be into you're like, yeah, that, that feels good. And that doesn't, it's hard to do that, but you need to learn that. And you need to, you, you need to start out over communicating so that you can get to a place in your sexual relationship that you don't have to in the long run. Yeah. It, it's better to over communicate in the beginning and learn how your body works and mm -hmm. learn what feels good, learn what doesn't feel good. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, funny to talk about this kind of stuff but well, it seems like especially without my it wife seems like an but i'm even but i'm even saying pace like so like like pace of right. sex is huge because yeah. guess what guys are more sexual beings than than women are and yeah. it's a lot quicker for a guy to orgasm than a girl to orgasm right so when you're first married you're like oh we have sex and we just keep doing it until both <laughs> of us orgasm right well that doesn't work right so you need to learn yeah. as a guy caring for your wife that okay hey well, let's stop for a second let's wait for a second let's okay now we can keep going so mm -hmm. you have to learn to pace your body so that you can get to a place where you guys can both experience um this, uh, that, that kind of pleasure so it's a process it's First communication you like uncomfortable talking about sex well i'm this, this is, is the funny thing I, if janae was here i wouldn't be uncomfortable <laughs> I at know. all <laughs> I, um, I think it's hilarious but yeah. you're not i mean that's it you're yeah. right it's a communication. Uh, it's, Biology 101 in the bedroom with your hubby. Yeah. He's going to be stoked. So present it that way. Don't be like, hey, you suck. <laughs> like, hey, four, four plays okay. Four plays okay. It. Sometimes sex yeah. isn't the most uh, pleasurable thing for women. So maybe learn to do some other things before that. Okay. And then it'll make the rest, rest of the experience better for there both you of you. There he is. Hey, I remember this time he chimed in on text and said, thank you guys so much for the talk on dads. I so needed to hear that right now. Thank you both. Or thank you guys for all you do. Thank cool. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Nate. Glad you're back, bro. Dude, whirlwind. Whirlwind question day. Yeah, man. Good questions, guys. Ding, dang. All right. If you missed any of the show today, you missed Shock Therapy Live. We upload on YouTube and Twitch.tv. Just search Star 88 FM. We're also on iTunes. Search Morning Invasion. Just Google us, guys. 
everything will pop up. All right? Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.